Welcome to Sibylline Podcasts, part of our Insights series where we aim to provide relevant, timely and actionable analysis in a discursive format. We hope you enjoy listening and welcome any feedback. Please visit our website for more Insight Series updates and as always, like, subscribe and share. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, the latest installment of the Sibline Insight Series. I'm here with Liana Semchuk, our Eurasia analyst, who will be going into Russian politics today. Thank you for joining us, Liana. So there have been quite a few rapid changes in Russian politics so far this January, following Putin's annual address to the lawmakers calling for various changes to the Constitution. Can you briefly summarize the events and what changes were proposed? Absolutely. So on the 15th of January, uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin gave his annual address to the Federal Assembly in which he unveiled plans to reform the country's constitution. Most notably, he called for shifting more powers to parliament and giving the state Duma, which is the lower chamber, the right to name cabinet ministers and the prime minister, a power that currently belongs to the president. That said, however, the president would still retain the right to dismiss the prime minister and cabinet ministers on grounds of loss of confidence, as well as also retain the ability to name top defense and security officials, but only after consulting the nominations with the Federation Council, which is the upper chamber. Additionally, Putin also called on the term consecutive to be completely removed from the constitution and instead a prohibition of any future president to serve more than two terms to be installed in the the proposed changes, which strongly signals that he's trying to prevent any future successor from doing what he did, which is to serve more than two presidential terms. Aside from creating greater power equilibrium between the president and the parliament, Putin also called on increased power to the state council, which currently serves a function of advisory body and is not mentioned in Russia's constitution explicitly, although it is currently uncertain how much power this uh, body will ultimately receive, but I can touch more on that point shortly. Great. So quite a few changes in the balance of power then between the president and the parliament. So many have anticipated this change, but at the same time, it seems to have caught nearly everybody off guard. What do these proposed changes likely indicate about Putin's next career move? So the fact that Putin is calling for constitutional changes and granting more power to other institutions already sends a strong signal that he does not intend to remain president and will likely step down in 2024 and is currently looking for other options. Given that in 2008 Putin served as prime minister whilst Medvedev took over as president, gives some reason to think that similar scenario is not totally off the cards as we have some precedent for it before, but nevertheless this option seems less likely given that the power swap between the two previously caused mass protests and was largely seen as a rigged parliamentary election, something that the Kremlin cannot ignore as easily anymore. Also, the fact that the public largely holds the parliament responsible for policy failures likely limits the appeal of prime minister as a future role for Putin. But again, as we saw last week, Putin might once again surprise us all. Now, the fact that the state council, which has previously served more or less a symbolic role, um, is to be elevated to an organ explicitly enshrined in a constitution is significant, as the body would assume tasks such as setting out the main priorities of domestic and foreign policy. The signals that Putin might be looking to transition into a role as head of the state council after his presidential term ends in 2024, although it is also not to be discounted that he could also um, step down earlier. As we, as we saw, the swift execution of government reshuffling, as well as the unexpected choice of the new prime minister, all imply that he likely already has some idea as to where he's looking to move to after presidency. 
Great. So we can either expect possibly to see him as head of the state council or as a new prime minister or whatever he has in mind. <laughs> so speaking of the new prime minister, though, no one anticipated Mikhail Misustin. Can you briefly talk about the logic behind this choice and what this means? Absolutely. So Mishustin is a career technocrat and a former head of federal tax service and is generally reputed to be a highly effective technocrat. Um, he's reasonably modern and progressively minded. He has little direct political experience, however, and perhaps more importantly, no political ambitions or personal agenda, which is a very convenient situation for Putin as Mishustin does not pose a threat um, and will simply implement policy. Although to date he maintained a very low public profile, with many people not having really even heard of him prior to January 15th, the choice makes sense given what the main priority for the government at the moment is, which is to improve the economy, which has slowed down considerably, especially following the annexation of Crimea in 2014, when the West imposed sanctions on Russia. And so by appointing someone like Mishustin does actually make sense. Um, in a way, the choice is a response to public discord and Putin's way to alleviate some of the growing public discontent over the declining living standards and perhaps as an answer to the economic challenges that the country has been facing over the last few years. Great. So potentially positive signs for Russia's economy then. So what happened to the former prime minister, Dmitry Medvedev? Does his resignation mean that he's now officially retired from politics? So it's hard to say with certainty what Medvedev's future ultimately holds, but initially a retirement from politics is what this looked like. Medvedev has, however, been very unpopular with the public, but at the same time, he has been a long-time ally of Putin, and he has been vetted and maintained Putin's trust for many years, which makes me think that he might be too valuable to simply move to the sidelines. Uh, for the moment, Medvedev has had a special position created for him as deputy head of the Security Council, which is a powerful agency set up by the Constitution that oversees Russia's national security policies and whose chairman is ultimately the president. So it could very well be the case that Medvedev could be the next presidential candidate, um, also an option that is not to be ruled out completely at this stage. So we have quite a lot of uncertainty around what the exact political move will be in the wake of this kind of surprise reshuffling and uh, rebalancing of power. But what do all of these developments mean more outside the policy realm? So for the current risk environment in the country, do we expect any notable changes in the policy environment to take place in the short term? Um, you mentioned that the public has been growing increasingly disillusioned and there have been some protests. Can we perhaps expect to see more domestic unrest over the next few months? So firstly, in the short term, the choice of Mishustin as prime minister will likely improve Russia's economic outlook and alleviate some public discontent over the declining standard of living, whilst maintaining political stability. We also saw investors retain confidence after the new government was announced and cabinet appointed, given that the both prime minister Mishustin and deputy prime minister Andrei Belusov are well-respected economists and are generally seen as capable. It is true that opposition leaders have criticized the proposed reforms and are already due to hold a rally on the 1st of February, which is expected to draw several thousand protesters and could, in theory, temporarily elevate the risk of domestic unrest. But at the moment, the demonstrations are unlikely to reach the same magnitude and the same intensity as those in the summer of 2019 when political opposition members were banned from participating in the local elections. Uh, looking more towards the long term, Putin's current course signals continuity and that Russia's foreign policy will likely maintain its current direction, particularly as some of the long-standing ministers, such as Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu, are keeping their posts in the new cabinet. 
So despite political criticism that the constitutional reforms have generated, the reforms first and foremost indicate stability for time being and do not give reason to expect any major changes in policy. And this is reflected in how the markets responded to the recent government reshuffle. Great. Thanks so much, Liana. So looking forward, some more policy continuity while we wait to see how this political reshuffling plays out. So I'm sure we'll have you back on soon in the next couple of months. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please do reach out to info at sublime.co.uk and tune into our next podcast.